timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant. To shot! What's up, everybody? How we doing? Happy Friday morning. Welcome to episode three of the NBA 48 Minutes Basketball Network NBA Draft Show, where we give you three prospects a week to talk about their draft profile and what we could expect from them. I'm Tim Daniel here, as always, with our good friend and yours, the host of At Large Bid, Parker Fields. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Ready to get into some of these prospects. Yeah, man. A lot, a very, very dynamic group to talk about today. I'm really excited about. Um, but let's recap our guys from last week. So we started off with Bryce Sensabaugh of Ohio State, who um is on a tear right now. Uh they you know they obviously ended the season, the regular season on a high note. They've won two games now in the Big Ten tournament, beating um <laughs> Taylor Bergfeld hanging out, asking if anyone wants Caleb Love. Um <laughs> I don't think so, unfortunately, but I do think you should have left last. He should have left last year. I think he's going to get a shot in summer league. I think he might get some G league stuff. Um, yeah. Shout out Sean McNeil, his brother, Chris, friend of the program. Um, had a really, really good game last night. So since the ball puts Ohio state on his back, they're rolling. Uh, we talked about Duke with uh, Kyle Filipkowski, obviously had a really good game last night. Duke in there moves on the, to the ACC, but Imani Bates in Eastern Michigan, not even playing in the Mac tournament. Don't even make it. So uh, last week, a little bit of a mixed bag of results for our guys. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent for our guys. Philip, Philip, oh god, Filipowski. Sorry, I can never pronounce his name right. Oh god, um, he looked really good last night. I watched a little bit about a uh, little bit of that game, and he showed the flashes like what I talked about. Like when he looks good, he looks really good, but when he looks bad, he looks really bad. And it's just a little bit of both. And uh, if he can play consistent throughout this ACC tourney, and you know if Duke goes on a little run here and he plays consistent, he could definitely increase his draft stock. Yeah, and that's what the tournament's all about for these guys. Um, you know, as far as Sensabaugh, you know, Ohio State runs into Michigan State today, who you mentioned before we got on air. They played really well against. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I would pick them to win today. It's a 230 tip. I doubt they win. But uh, the way that they're playing right now, the way that they're clicking, I still really, really like Chris uh, Chris Holtman. I think he's a great coach. Um, and I know they just had a down year this year. It just didn't work out. But uh, it would be they're cool. Young. I want to keep watching since the boss, so I'm rooting for them to win today. Yeah, I am too. I'm rooting for them to win because literally when it comes to March, I literally root pretty much for whoever's the lower seed. If it's not if it's not the teams I like playing, then I pretty much just root for whoever's the lower seed because I like to see upsets. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so for our second round portion of this week's episode, we're just going to kind of lump in all of the big-time college basketball centers. Uh, if you clicked on the show, you saw we hypertized Drew Timmy and Gonzaga. Uh, we're just going to go and talk about Oscar Shibway and Zach Eady with him as well and just kind of lump them all into one major group because of the, that's basically they're all their scouting reports are all very similar except for the fact that ZD's seven foot four. Um, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, pretty similar players. Uh, how are you like, how are you enjoying conference week? I think uh, the Big East has been awesome. I think all every game yesterday except for Creighton Villanova was really good. Um, Man, the Marquette St. John's game was like the perfect tip for the day. It was so fun. It was very competitive. Um, that was really good. 
ACC has been solid. You know, I know North Carolina lost to Virginia last night, but, uh, and, you know, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish were out early. And we got the SEC starting today yeah. for, for Kentucky. So, how are you? I'm excited how, to watch them. Yeah. Um, I will say this is the, like, this next few weeks is the only couple weeks a year where I choose college basketball over the NBA. Me too. Like I've been choosing college basketball games last night over the NBA, which is so weird for me because you and me both are huge NBA guys. We love the pros more a little bit, but yeah. when it comes to this time of year, like I want to watch college basketball because I just want to see. Not doesn't mean I want to watch you know the twelve thirteen game in a conference tournament over an NBA game, but I do want to watch most of these games over the NBA, and I've been having really a fun time watching. And I mean, it's just so fun because like in two hours we're gonna have games starting all day. Literally just two hours. Houston plays, I think, at 1. Or no, they play at uh, – yeah, they play at 1, not 12. So, But there's some games on at 12 as well, uh, some real good games. Zach Eady plays at 12, so we'll be able to watch him here soon. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome, man. You know, these couple mm-hmm. days for Selection Sunday, when you get down to the nitty-gritty in the conference tournaments, nothing like it. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about our first prospect today. Uh, this is our lottery prospect, if you follow it on the show. Uh, that is Villanova's Cam Whitmore. Um Kind of went out with a whimper last night. Uh, obviously, Villanova had a down year all year while Whitmore was a highlight. Did start the year injured. Um, but last night in a game where everything's on the line for, for their season, he was not very good. Uh, he really struggled. You know, that Creighton team's awesome, though. So, you know, you can't fault him for that by any means of a Villanova team that really, really under was underwhelming. Uh, Whitmore last night, four points, six rebounds, two of, two of seven shooting. 0 of three from the three-point line. Um, and had three big turnovers. So when you watch him, the obvious thing that jumps out is, oh my God, the athleticism. Yeah. Played uh, for Carmel Anthony's team in AAU in high school is you know probably the best jumper in the draft. I don't know. Amen Thompson might give him a run for his money. He's, yeah, he could probably give him a little run. Yeah, he's pretty tremendous. Um, but I think as far as like, you know, he has great defensive instincts for his size. He's a really good dunker. But everything else is kind of like up in the air with him. Um, I think he's going to learn to shoot. I think he has the mechanics to be a good shooter in the NBA. And I think he's kind of putting it together. Um, as far as his position, he's probably second in the draft behind uh, Walker of Houston. But dude, like I said, like his dunking ability, his athleticism is going to translate really well. Um, and I think if you know if you put him on a team kind of like Houston or Portland, where it's just like give the young guys roll the ball out and let him play, he's going to learn pretty quickly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, do we want him going to Houston though? At this point, the way oh, Houston's like, I want no one going. To <laughs> yeah, Houston. that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like they Houston isn't even playing basketball. Really, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. It's just Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, and get the hell out the way. Literally, it's what they do. But uh, Whitmore, I know for you, he was literally your favorite prospect in the draft before the season, outside of obviously Scoot Henderson and. Uh, Victor Wimanyama, you you had him. I remember early on. Has he fallen for you a little bit? He has. Um, I think a lot of it was just more education as far as like the rest of the draft. Um, you know, like I talked about, like we don't get a chance to really watch a lot of overtime elite, obviously. Uh, so seeing uh, Ahmed Thompson, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with everything in the air, if you know, it seems like you know the way things are going. Um, Brandon Miller is unbelievable. He's so freaking good. It's just this whole weird. It seems like he's not going to get in trouble. So it's like, yeah, just this very uncomfortable scenario that's like around him. Um, and look, if you're, you know, if you're a college basketball person, where like 
that's your college basketball guy you're hanging your hat on this draft is Brandon Miller. Yeah. Uh, so those guys definitely jumped up. Um, Jarris Walker, who I just talked about from Houston, we're going to see him today, like you talked about pretty early, uh, is a guy that I was really high on, uh, just not as high as on Whitmore, but I think he's passed him as well. And I think part of that's just the injury to start the year. He missed the first half of the season. Uh, Villanova had a really bad year. Uh, this transition from Jay Wright, you know, being a team that was in the Final Four last year did not follow up very well. And I think he just kind of, I don't know how much he improved. Now, if he goes out and has this awesome combine and like shows his ability to shoot, like, dude, he might hop back in the top five. But right mm-hmm. now, I probably have him in that nine to 12 area. Yeah, I just feel like as of right now, he's not going to be a super impactful rookie. I just I don't think so. He, it's not like he was a great college player. He, he was okay. He was solid. He was a solid friend, but like it's not like he was some, you know, Brandon Miller, for example, like putting up crazy numbers on one of the best teams in the whole country, maybe yeah. the best team in the country. Um, he he wasn't doing that this year. I mean, and I do I do think it did have to do a little bit with Kyle Neptune taking over as the head coach, Jay Wright out. I mean, they're a story or they're a program that's dominated the last twenty years. Jay Wright has been there, yeah, and uh, him him not being there definitely was a little bit of a hole for. Whitmore and the rest of the roster because he committed to Jay Wright, correct? He did, yeah, yeah. So I mean that 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 definitely can affect something. I, I that for sure can affect something. Um, that's you've seen in the past. Lots of players have had scenarios like that where, like, say, some something happened. It doesn't have to be a coach, new coach, but something happened that wasn't what they signed up for when they came to college, and their draft stock fell, and then they ended up being just fine and very good players. That has happened a lot. That's happened a lot. And yeah, uh, just things that come to mind is like, for example, like Bull Bull, his draft stock fell so much by just a little injury, and he's ended up being a very solid player in Orlando this year. And I mean, and that's just somebody who was a 41st pick. Whitmore's not falling that much. I was just, that's somebody who came to mind. But I think Whitmore, the one thing I want to see from him is just an improved jump shot. It's not like he shot bad this year, 34%. However, it's just like, it doesn't seem like he... It's comfortable, you know, shooting a high volume of them all the time. Uh, that doesn't seem like that's there yet. The confidence fully for the three ball. Um, I just want to see an overall improved skill set outside of his athleticism. His athleticism is insane, like Tim talked about a little bit earlier. But if he get a better all-around skill set going, um, learn how to facilitate the ball a little bit better because he is in the NBA, likely going to be a shooting guard, small forward. He's going to be a wing um, for sure in the NBA and, like, Nowadays, wings, you got to be able to handle the ball and facilitate a little more than he did in college. I mean, 0.7 assists per game, but that could also be due to uh, a lot of times systems in college. Uh, he didn't really have the chance to um, to facilitate as much. But, yeah, I just think playmaking, a uh, little, mo- little more consistency in his jump shot, and I think he's going to be a really good player. I do. But I think it's going to take a couple years. I don't expect him to be really good right away. So maybe – like you said, the Rockets might be a good spot for him, actually, because he won't have to play meaningful basketball for a couple of years. At least we don't think. <laughs> Unless the something other th- crazy happened. The other thing about him, too, is when he's drafted, he won't even be 19 yet. Like, Yeah, he's young. So, um, you know, the youth is definitely there. Um, yeah, so you kind of look at, like, where I kind of have him projected. Some of the teams that, like, make sense for him. Uh, oh, I, the city. I want to add one thing. We didn't talk about either real quick. He is built for his age as a oh my god we didn't talk about the fact he's nba size ready now that that we didn't talk about he's 232 pounds and when you look at him he's 232 pounds he's he's built yeah for an 18 year old he's built so he's he's gonna fill out even more he might be a 
he might be a 250 pound pure muscle guy in the NBA at some point. I agree. Um, some of the teams I think would be a really good fit for him. Oklahoma City, I think, mm-hmm. makes some sense as far as like Shea, Giddy. You know, they just love stacking up on young guys anyway. Him next to Lou Dort with just their like ability to defend is going to yeah. be really nice. Um, Washington, one, he's from that area. So that could be a really nice thing where, you know, the homecoming. He, um, he, uh, he, his career might go to die though. Anybody the Wizards draft who wasn't Beal or John Wall ends up horrible. I swear. Yeah. You remember Johnny Davis? Yeah, literally, that's what I'm talking about. Anybody who's drafted in that like eight to twelve range by the Wizards, because Beal and Wall were like top three picks. So yeah, um, Toronto would be fun. I'd like to see that. Just Toronto get another wing. Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> how about right now at pick fourteen? What if you drop to the Lakers? I mean, the Lakers were taken. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I think if Cam Whitmore's there at 14, like you're like, oh crap. Like I just got yeah. you know, I just won the draft. Oh, um, for sure. But he's a guy that could really move around. I think, you know, a big combine for him because he's gonna do a lot. And just proving he's healthy. Uh, because look, there is no more games for him. There's no more, you know, there's no more Big East tournament, there's no NCAA tournament, there's no NIT. Um, so his kind of Villanova's headed to the CBI or whatever. <laughs> they I, would never play in that. Yeah, yeah I doubt play. that. I doubt that. Um, but this is going to be interesting. Uh, so, I, I, you know, from here, everything is about interviews and getting in shape. And, you know, so we're going to, it's going to be really dynamic to see what happens for him from here. But, you know, he's a guy I'm pretty high on still. I have a lot of faith that he's going to end up being a good NBA player. So let's go ahead and move to our mid first guy. And that is one of my other favorite players in this draft. Uh, old Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. Uh, played at a Compass Prep in high school. Three-point shooting machine, normally. Uh, has the ability to just, like, spray. 35% this year was not ideal, but it's something where he kind of dropped a little bit because he got off to a great start uh, on his season. Um, super talented guy. You know, he's going to have the ability to score at the next level. He's definitely a first-rounder in my eyes. Um, but he's a good passer, mm-hmm. you know, and he's probably a two level score. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a dunker. Um, but you know, some of the things that teams are really worried about with him is the inability to hold on to the ball has kind of popped up quite a bit. Uh, not much of a defender, but you know, he's he is a situational type of player, he is a built for one thing, one thing in particular, and that's the score. So he's a guy that I could see on a bench of a really good NBA team and kind of develop there. So what do you think when you kind of take an eye to take a look at him? Like you said, I could definitely see him being uh, really impactful early on in his career off the bench, you know, being a scorer, being a spark plug off the bench. Cause he can get buckets. I feel like he'll be able to do that at the next level uh, and it'll come pretty naturally to him. One thing he kind of, I'm not going to lie to him. He scares me a little bit to take, even draft him with a first round pick. He's really slim. Like really slim, yeah. <laughs> like not even two hundred pounds at six foot seven is kind of scary. Um, not just that he he played at the mid major level, so that's always just a little bit scarier because you just didn't see him against top competition all the time. Um, another thing with him that just scared me a little bit. I feel like his his uh archetype that gets drafted. Has a high there's a there's a lot of those guys that get drafted, those wings in like the early sure. 20s that end up doing nothing and like never even like doing anything on an NBA roster. It's a it, I feel like that's a big archetype for that. I don't know. But 
things I do like about him. His scoring ability is really impressive. He can shoot the shit out of the ball when he's on fire. Um, yeah. He does yeah. struggle from time to time uh, with consistency. However, I think he can definitely improve on that. More reps, more shots, more confidence, everything like that. Um, the th- he, he did have a tendency sometimes to just go uh, invisible in some games, which is a little bit worrisome. You don't like to see guys who – I always like to see, like, out of production-wise, just based off production, I always like to see guys who – Never drop below like 10 points in a game. Like they're not going to, they might not give you 40 in a game, but they're always giving you at least like 10. Like Lewis had some twos, some fours. Like those games kind of scare me because it's kind of like when you're the number one option, you you can't be taking seven shots. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're 0 for 7. You keep shooting the ball if you're open. Your team needs you to be more assertive. So that might be a little bit of a confidence thing there, like where he doesn't want to keep shooting when he's um when he's struggling like that, and when you're if you, if he's going to be a spark plug like we're talking about, that would be like his ideal role. You can't have that at all because you need to just shoot the like. If you miss, think Jordan Clarkson cares <laughs> when he misses? Right. Hell no. Think J.R. Smith cared? Hell no. That's what I'm saying. So like that scares me a little bit. Like there's a lot of games in here. You take a look at his, like shot charts, like five shots, seven shots. Like that's a little bit scary. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that's definitely some things I want to look at for him. Um, you know, and the thing is, too, like you said, like when he goes to an NBA team with what he's his archetype, his projection, it's not like he's going to be a guy who gets a ton of shots, especially where he's going to be picked. Because, look, mm-hmm. he's going to be picked in the 20s. He's going to be picked by teams like Memphis. He's going to be picked by teams like Sacramento. Um, so, you know, even Brooklyn with the guys they brought in from the, from the Durant and Kyrie trades. Like, how does he fit in for a team like that where – you know, Mikhail Bridges is becoming just super dynamic even more and more. And I'd like to I see him see... on Golden State. I feel like that would be a good fit. Yeah, but like But all even... the all the young guys go and suck there. So no, actually I was I gonna don't say want to see him there. other than Jonathan Kuminga, when you put like the guys who go there, like they don't really end up finding a role. No. So it's it's hard for him. Um, you know, maybe right now the Clippers have that 30th pick. Maybe he goes there. Uh, because they had the Bucks first rounder. Um, maybe best, he goes. Best bet for him is getting getting to a team that's bad that got at somebody else's pick. Yeah, uh, like it, the, yeah, that's what I think would be his best bet, honestly. Like Indiana and has those two. Yeah, first that would be a good. That'd be good for him. That'd be a good landing spot. Yeah, because Indiana has those two first rounders at the end. Say the Boston pick and the Cleveland pick. Um, yeah, I think that that's gonna be you know Sacramento. Maybe that's that uh twenty five mm-hmm. area. So. It's, it'll be really kind of see where he goes is going to mm-hmm. be something. Cause I could definitely see him being a guy who's in the G league for part of the year. Yeah. I think we're on the same page here where I have I, Denzel Valentine fears with him. I, yeah, I have high bust fears with him. I, I really have a high, I have. Oh, what was his name? The guy traded for Mikael Bridges. That was, uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? The wing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blanking. Uh, Sixers, don't remember. Don't remember. Texas Tech. Tells you everything. Tells you Texas everything. Tech. Oh. Small Ford. What was his name? I don't know. Zaire Smith? Yes. Yes. I, I, that was just the first guy I thought to mind. They're not the same player by any means. But when I, I thought of thinking, Troy Brown, but Troy Brown's playing decent for the Lakers now. Bust early on in his career. And that's just like, Lewis, I think it's going to be heavily on who he's drafted by if he ends up being good or not. I really do believe that. Because I feel like if he's in the wrong situation, he he might never really carve anything out. But I feel like if he gets drafted in the right situation, he could have a really nice career. I just think he's he's a lot more situational who he gets drafted by. Like, 
if Scoot Henderson gets drafted by the, the Rockets, he'll end up being a superstar still. Like, I don't care who he gets drafted by. It doesn't matter to me. But, like, he's a little bit more worrisome to me on who yeah. he gets drafted by. Speaking of Scoot, I watched some highlights of a game they played recently, and um, he looked like an outside linebacker blitzing. Like, he, yeah. like, dude. Yeah, he just, just seems like Russell Westbrook when I watch him. That's yeah, like it's game. the complete vibes I get for sure. Um, all right, so we're going to kind of do these guys all together like we talked about uh, just because they're all pretty similar. So let's start with Oscar Shibway here. Uh, obviously, you're a Kentucky fan, so you know a lot about him. Um, first thing that's going to jump out, obviously, is age is not going to be in his favor. He'll, yeah. be pretty, he'll be 23 when he gets drafted. Um, but as far as everything else goes, you know, he's not the rim protector everyone kind of projects him to be. Like maybe in college he has, but not at the NBA level. Uh, he's obviously not going to stretch the floor. But he is an awesome rebounder. I think he's going to get a shot to get drafted, but he's going to get drafted in that like 50 to 60 range. I, I, I think he, not even biased, I don't think he's going to be some great player. But I think if any of them, I think him and Edie have a better chance of carving out a role than Timmy. I, I really do. I do too. I think, I think him and Edie both have a better chance. And I think Shibuya, if I have to be honest, has the best chance of carving out a role because I just feel like somebody some he could maybe just become a hustle guy who just comes in and just 10 minutes a game winning gabriel-esque like jared Va- not not jared vanderbilt jared vanderbilt his rookie year before he developed some skills and uh can just hustle like the guy will play hard and i think he's a lot more athletic than shibuane era than Edie and drew timmy like you said he's one of the best college rebounders ever like the dude is insane at rebounding the basketball He's not going to protect the rim at the NBA level. I completely agree with that. Oh, God. ESPN started playing some volume, some music there. Um, he's only six foot nine, so he's not going to protect the rim at the NBA level. That would be really tough for him. And I don't even know if he is a legit six nine. I have no idea. He could be smaller, honestly. You never know. And I just, I think he could carve out a role being a five to eight minutes just hustle. <laughs> like, seriously, I really do for some team. And his jump shot has developed more. It's still not there. But he's gone from he couldn't shoot outside the paint when he first got to Kentucky. And now he's hitting against Florida. He hit like eight mid-range jump shots. So, like, it's definitely improved. It's not there yet, but it's improved. Yeah, I just – the lateral move it is what yeah, just no. kind of takes away from me. Um, I think he's a guy who's going to play in the G League. I, you know, I don't know, you know, kind of what that's going to be for him, but – I think he's going to go to some foreign country and be a monster. That's what yeah. I think is going to happen with yeah. him. I can definitely see that he goes. I don't like, think him minding to play like overseas. I feel like he would do that. Like, I don't I think like... he, he made enough money in NIL Kentucky. Yeah, like, exactly. He's not, he's not worried about it. Yeah. Um, Zach Eady is obviously the most interesting of this group uh, being the fact he's seven foot four. Um, he has all the traits as far as, you know, he can score, he can rebound. Um, you know, but also another guy who, when he gets drafted, he'll be 21 and um, is probably, you know, I gave him props for being from the IMG Academy. Obviously did a lot for him. He's probably the Naismith AP player of the year. But, you know, if you watch him, you're like, oh, seven foot four Luca Garza. Okay. See, I think that's a little disrespectful to Luca Garza, though. I do. I think Luca Garza is carving out a role already in the NBA in his second year, and I don't think Edie's going to do that. I'll be like, I don't think Edie will 
Like Luca Garza is averaging like eight points a game. I don't think Edie's ever gonna do that. Like in all seriousness. Uh yeah, you might be right. Garza can shoot the Garza can Garza's got a strap on him. Like seriously, Garza can shoot the ball. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't uh, Garza's just like a bad a bad Jokic. It's what Garza is. So I don't think Edie is that. I don't think Edie will ever score. Like Garza at seven points a game this year. Yeah, I don't think uh, Edie's ever going to average seven points a game in the NBA. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but I don't know. Like, you know, he's in that other range for me. He's in that like potential, like in that fifty to sixty or not drafted range. So, do you uh do you think there's any world where Edie is good? <laughs> like any alternate universe? <laughs> Um, I think he's a guy that if you put with like the main Celtics, he'd be awesome. Like, <laughs> truly, no, really, I do. Um, I think you know, like G League basketball is not like no, an not, insult no. at all. Um, it's just honestly, if if you know you're not going, you're not gonna ever really get to the league. Like I know the people, the people who stay in the G League are just trying to make it to the NBA somehow because you can make way more money if you go overseas, way more money. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of be kind of his route there. Um, but we'll see. And then Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, amazing college career. I mean, obviously, will never win a national championship because they're not winning one this year. Um, but dude, like you know, the college resume speaks for itself. But I, I can't see him getting drafted. You talk about the two guys we just mentioned, um, and then let's look at other guys in that area. Arthur Kaluma from Creighton. Does he project as a better NBA player than him? No. Coleman Hawkins from Illinois. Definitely not. Um, Adam Bona from UCLA. No. Um, and I don't really know much about guys like Christian Vukovic or, you know, um, Osami and or, you know, so I don't know anything about those guys necessarily. I do need to read more on them, but Timmy is going to get a summer league invite. He's probably going to play a year or two in the G league. And then he's going to go play in like, Spain and be awesome there. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. And don't be shocked if Drew Timmy lights up the summer league a little bit. Like, don't be shocked yeah. if he plays really well in the summer league. I will. He has that vibe. He gives me vibes. He's gonna average like fifteen in the summer league, and then like somebody's gonna be like, "Oh," but then like you're gonna wonder why he got cut in the preseason. We're you'll gonna be see a, him. You'll be on a preseason roster. I'll say that. Yeah, I think all yeah. three of these guys will be on a preseason roster. He'll be like on the Sixers. Like on the preseason roster, I could see that. I could see that. The training camp invite, yeah. Maybe Jokic's backup. <laughs> I could a thousand percent see Drew Timmy just like lighting up TBT. Like, no, yeah, like I think he's gonna be wherever. I don't think he gives off the impression that he really wants to be a like. Yeah, I feel like he wants to be a star, like wherever he's playing. Like I feel like, and deservedly so. Like he dominated the hell out of college basketball. I mean, he's had one of the greatest careers in his conference ever. Like he's yeah. one of the best Gonzaga players ever. Uh, he's had a hell of a college basketball career. Um, but the lack of jump shot is what kills him. It really does. Because if you're this like passing slow big man, like that's kind of popularized, popularized in the NBA right now because of Jokic, obviously he's not Jokic's passing, but the Vucevic is there's a few of them. There's mm-hmm. Garza is a backup. Like there's a there's a this is a kind of a a archetype that's becoming in the NBA, like a good passer and everything like that. And he is a good passer. 
problem is he can't shoot. That is the biggest no. knock on him. I think he could carve out a role if he could shoot. He can't shoot at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely think that his, he's just such a limited ceiling. But he would and... need a sniper for him to cover carve out a role. He would need to be like a 38% shooter. And he literally doesn't shoot threes at all. 0. 0.73 attempts per game. So, Yeah, I'm not feeling it, man. I'm not feeling it. The lowest on Timmy of the three. I am too. I am too. Um, probably the highest on Edie of the three and the lowest on Timmy. Yeah, say I'm Ebay and Sh- or E-boy. Edie and Shibway are pretty much even for me, and then Timmy's the lowest for me. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so we at the point in the day where we can do our uh, our tankathon sim to see what the dra- how the draft's going to shake out. Yes, sir. Let's, all right, let's see how it goes. You ready? Mm-hmm. And oh boy, we got upsets at the top three, Parker. Jumping up ten spots, the Toronto Raptors. Oh, <laughs> jumping up four spots, the Indiana Pacers. Jumping up one spot, the Charlotte Hornets. So the Rockets at four, Pistons at five, Spurs at six, and the Magic seven eight. Uh, Oklahoma City at nine. Tur- uh, Portland at ten. So that would be funny. Yeah. Could you could you imagine? Like, dude, if Victor Wembeyama, if the if the Raptors got the number one pick, Victor Wembeyama would be like just a god. No, if the Raptors had Wembeyama, I'm not kidding you. That <laughs> team would be terrifying yeah. because all they're really missing, like defensively, they would give up 90 points a game. Who the hell is scoring on them? I know. Siakam, yeah. great defender, and just long. OG Ananobi is probably the best wing defender in the NBA. Van Vliet's scrappy as hell. He's he works his ass off on defense. He's small, but I mean, yeah. if they if they replaced Van Vliet with like a imagine if they had like ben, uh, prime Ben Simmons as their point guard. <laughs> Dear God, that would be terrible. Like if they had a bigger point guard than Van Vliet, like right now they just throw out four, six, seven to six, ten wings and Van Vliet in certain lineups. Now they have Turtles, yeah. so they have a center now. But they were just throwing out Siakam at center before they got Pirtle back. And uh, that would be – I would like to see him on the Raptors. That would be a fun team to see him on. Yeah, I know. Um, if the Pacers actually somehow did get to the point where they got Scoot Henderson, I think I would get a ticket package. I think I'd go up 13 times. Like, <laughs> You think uh, him and Halliburton would work together? No, but – Yeah, I don't either. I don't think they would draft him because, like – Halliburton obviously is ball dominant, and so is Scoot Henderson. Yeah, they might like if the per- the Pacers got like the second pick, I could definitely see them like trading back and to like a one pick to where they get like the third pick and you know, yeah, take a- take on like a second rounder. If, and if I was uh, the Pacers, like, or if I was getting drafted by the Pacers, that would be like the best team to get drafted by. If oh you're, my like, god, any- for sure. Like, he's like the most fun player to play with in the NBA. Like, he is so unselfish. For being that good, like at this young, he's so like you don't usually see guys being this much of a pass first point guard that's actually like can score the hell out of the ball too, like this early in their career. You don't see this that often. Like 10 plus assists this early in your career, but you're also averaging 20. Yeah. That now I think he's on a killer stretch right now. Yeah, I agree. Well, Parker, is next week the week? Is it Thompson Twins time? Yeah, we can talk about them next week. It's Thompson Twins time next week, man. Um, 
let's just talk them both all together. I think that, you know, they gone through life together. They're twins. They were born in a minute apart from each other. Let's just do a profile on both of them next week. Uh, all right. Unbelievable dudes, like super talented kids. Um, going to both be top top eight picks. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, I'm so excited. Is there any guys. chance? I don't know. Is there any chance like a team has two picks in the lottery? Do uh, any teams have that? Orlando. So hey, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because Orlando has the Bulls pick. Okay, so the yeah, but I wouldn't bank on a hundred percent because I do think there's somewhat of a chance the Bulls get in the playoffs. So I don't know. No, no, it's the only way the Bulls get that pick is um if it's in the top four. Oh, okay. So they hundred yeah, percent so, get it. Yeah, no, but I was saying but it won't be lottery if they get in the playoffs, is what I was saying. It wouldn't be lottery pick if they get in the playoffs. Right, but they're not gonna make the playoffs. So you don't, don't worry. Well they'll be in the game. They'll be in the play in, so Oh, oh yeah, they're gonna they're competing with the Pacers, I think, for that last spot, right? Let's see right now. I haven't looked in a couple days just because they disgust me. Um yeah, they're a game behind the Wizards. Oh, the Oh yeah, they're not getting in the play in because I think the Wizards are getting ahead of them. I thought I thought they were the 10, the Wizards were the 9 and the Pacers were the 11. I didn't realize. Uh, actually, I don't I I'm, I'm not going to say that and put all my money on the Wizards. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think yeah, I don't think they're get cuz I feel like the Raptors are going to get in and Here's the, the Bulls schedule coming up. It's um it's not good, Bob. So you know, they play Houston tomorrow. You should win that game. Um, you never know, though. Shit. <laughs> right. You never know. You never know. Uh, next week, Sacramento, Minnesota, and Miami, back to back to back. Then two games against Philly. So, oh, God. Whew, that's murderer's row for the Bulls. Yeah, they did. They did beat the hell out of the Nuggets the other night. They did. Yeah. That was unbelievable. I don't. After getting... And I don't know what has happened to DeRozan. He's all of a sudden passive, and no offense, if Zach Levine's the star, you're not going to win anything because I don't think Zach Levine is very insane for years contributing to winning. I think he's a good player, and I think as a third option, he would be a hell of a player to a winning team. But I don't think you're winning shit if Zach Levine is your number one option, and I don't really know why DeRozan has kind of second half of the year decided to. Make DeRozan the number one option. Well, make Levine the number one option. Because Levine's been efficient as hell for like since All Star break. He's been really he has, good. he has. But it's just like, has it led to wins? No, they've been worse. <laughs> so it's like, no. But you know, it is what it is. All right, man. So the Thompson twins will fill out some bubble guys. Uh, we're gonna be going on Tuesday next week. Um, just because I'm gonna be traveling to uh old Charlotte, North Kakilaki next week. So, uh, for a couple days. So. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping on and we'll see you guys next week. See it.